You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 134. I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care Hello and welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the modern successful picture Goodfellas one unflattering glasses-wearing minute at a time. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. I take that back. <laughs> and Ron Richards. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> they really are unflattering. And joining us for the fourth day in a row is our very special guest, Matt Gorley of many podcasts. Which one would you like to talk about today? Uh, how about Pistol Shrimps Radio? Jeez. All right, then. I, I, I didn't even heard of that one. That is where there's a women's rec league basketball team that my fiance is on. And I said, hey, to my buddy Mark, let's go do a regular play-by-play of those games, even though I don't know anything about sports, and see if we can make it through. That's some high-concept stuff right there. I know. While we're talking about it, I will like to applaud you, Matt, for, you know, like, we're all longtime podcasters, but you've really embraced the medium and have done a lot of different things. Yeah, so so I salute you. Well, too much, I think. It's, you know... (laughs) A lot of times we've we've talked to people but like they talk about podcasts and we think listen we did this professionally we know but you you've gone next level uh, I think with that <laughs> I mean it's even part of my work I work for the Earwolf Network as a podcast consultant whatever the hell that is oh wow <laughs> how's, how's, uh, how's this sound sounds good <laughs> how can I make that better turn it up <laughs> well this minute begins with Henry finally meeting Jimmy at the diner we saw that was the cliffhanger of yesterday's uh, episode. And it ends with Jimmy telling a fun story about a guy who's ratted them out. And uh, this is a very tense meeting. This is not like your meetings in the past at the diner. That's what's so amazing about it. You brought up the glasses. That This to me is the like epitome of a Scorsese film. It's so tense. And then they put on probably the most visually comic thing of the entire film. Nope. There's, nope. Another, there's another pair of glasses. No, <laughs> this it's the it's the Princess Leia of glasses is coming up later. Yes, but right. if you didn't know those were coming, these are excellent. The fact that he can put these on and his eyes get so big, it's so funny, <laughs> and yet it's still so tense that they know how to ride the line. I, you wouldn't think you could get away with that. They're so the eyes get so big, it feels like it's a visual metaphor for like Sherlock Holmes trying to figure out if Henry did this or not with a magnifying glass or something right. like that. It's so silly. He's gonna peer into his soul with the giant glasses. Yeah. Or he's gonna hand Ray a lightsaber. Either one. I know he looks like Moskin. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, topical. I love wow. the guy behind him who's looking anywhere but the camera. Yes. And that's what he's thinking. Yeah. Look anywhere but the camera. Don't look, look at the camera. The look camera. down. Look left, look, look right. Look left, look right, look down. Never stop looking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So Henry arrives, and given the tenseness of this meeting and, and the, the, the undercurrent of it, I do like the fact that they are both very happy to see one another. Are they? Well, no, and this, this, is, this goes, Connor, this goes back to your, if there was a mafia, there is no right. mafia, right. improv school. Right, in my fan power school, yeah. Where, you know, they're both projecting an aura of everything is okay, you know? Not doing a good job of it. This is one-on-one class. Yeah. By the end of the meeting, I think that's... Yeah. Or the well, end Jimmy, of the meeting, really. Jimmy, like, bursts out of his seat. He's smiling. He gives a hug. And Henry does that. And Henry pulls away from the hug and does that nod where it's like, oh, he's a little suspicious. Well, Yeah, it, there's so much in that look that he gives right? to Henry Hill. Look, I love it. Jimmy is terrible at being subtle, as we've learned through this sort of last (laughs) bit of the movie with with his questioning of Karen. And then what's coming up here? I mean, basically, 
there's that where he's he's over excited to see him. And again, like, is this De Niro actually not going doing a good job, or is he doing that on purpose? Like, I, you know, it's hard to say because basically, then the, whoa, then the whoa, next whoa. thing he does, you questioning De Niro here? Oh, I, I might throw down a little bit of De Niro questioning. Now, I love him more as much as anybody, but. I've heard you guys talk about what a wonderful improviser is. I think he's a wonderful actor, but when he improvises, he just repeats the same thing over and over again. <laughs> he does it in a way that makes us not hate it for some reason. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really amazing. He insulted him a little bit, insulted him a little bit, over and over and over. It's not with you. Then he, yeah, it's, it's matter with you. No, no, no. No, a little bit further. No. 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 Well, he does it with a change of tone and a change of facial expression. He may not be able to improvise verbally, but he can improvise his presence and his being. Yeah, I agree, yeah. And get it more intimidating. So well, here's the other question. He's got another giant thing of paper next to him <laughs> that he waves at. Those, he waves at Henry again. Those are the papers that, that Karen gave him in the accordion folder. It's inventory. It's, it's, it's all, yeah, it's inventory. No, it's all the notes from the case. It's all the evidence. It's all, it's, it's all the, the lawyer stuff. Oh, I thought and they were because, juice box serial numbers. Karen, yeah, no, did Karen gave him paperwork. Yeah, Karen. The, the the accordion file that Karen handed him when she went to go visit him was it was all the stuff, and he and he's like, all right, I'll take a look at this, and then he looked at it, and that that's my note about this is that he first he chastises Henry and goes, all your life I'm telling you not to use the phone, going back to the problem with Lois and the phone, but then Jimmy settles down and goes, but don't worry, I think you got a good chance of beating the case. Jimmy Conway's jailhouse lawyer. Exactly, exactly. I, it's some pretty damning evidence on that arrest, I think, that, where they arrested everyone Henry knew. <laughs> <laughs> and all the cocaine residue. And uh... The second clause of that was, if we kill everyone. Which yeah. is really, if you go to Jimmy Conway Law Consulting, that's pretty much where the meeting ends up most of the time. <laughs> the Jimmy Conway Law Blog says just kill all the witnesses? Yeah. Well, we, we, yeah, yeah, kill them. So. <laughs> I like the idea that he just carries around a giant thing of paper and just waves at everybody. That he's a conversation with. <laughs> I want to kind of start doing that. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Speaking of not being subtle, I mean, basically what happens here is that Jimmy explains that he wants Henry to do a hit. And Henry, Henry's like, well, he'd never asked me to do a hit before. Well, ha- hang on, hang on. That okay, happens, okay. Uh, that happens to, tomorrow's, tomorrow's minute. minute. Yeah, he, th- th- this we see I the setup. Sure. We see the setup. They talk very briefly about Henry's case. Yeah. Like the, the whole point well, of the meeting is to talk Jimmy about is not Henry's a lawyer. Case. Yeah, well, but he's got a good feeling they're gonna beat the, they're gonna beat the rats. He's not a lawyer, but he's got a lot of papers, Josh, and that's half the battle of being a lawyer. But before we talk about this, I feel like we're glossing over something very important, which is the food. what the food, yeah, the the breakfast on the table. <laughs> no, is it the rack focus? No, it's a zoom. All right, oh yeah, that's the dolly zoom. The dolly zoom is the fun fact yeah. of the episode. That's where you like this, Ron. The lens goes one way, but the camera goes the other way. The guy in the middle saying, "What do you want from me?" Right. Uh, it keeps the it keeps the subject steady while the background changes, and it, it's also called the vertigo shot because it was thought to be first used by Erman Roberts, the photographer for Hitchcock's Vertigo, in 1958. It's interesting that it begins. I know there's the dolly in through the diner, but their scene at the booth begins with the dolly zoom in and then ends with the dolly zoom out. And it feels it. There's I wonder what he's thinking there. Some kind of weird bookend. And does he use that dolly zoom anywhere else in the film? No. No. This is, this is the Why only place there? where you, This is the only... Because it's awesome? Well, because this is where their relationship is no longer what it was. And that's... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It shows that the, everything's unsettled now. Instead of oh, the yeah. conversation of, you know, this is where they would hang out, this is where they'd have laughs. Now it's... This is their spot, but their relationship is not what it was before, and everything is unsettled. That's what I think. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. It looks the same, but feels different. Mm-hmm. 
Nice. Guys, we just went silent after that. that <laughs> I'm watching really the I'm watching the Zoom. <laughs> I mean, I, that that jumped. I remember watching the movie when I was in high school, and like this shot jumping out of me, going and like going, "How did they do that?" You know, like because it's the you know moving the camera while zooming in the opposite direction. I mean, it's a great maneuver. But I just love the way you feel that movement and how the background comes either closer to you or further away, but they stay the same way. I mean, I, it just it's one of the like this is a movie full, filled with amazing shots, and this, if you ask me, is in like the top five. Mm. It's not my favorite dolly zoom, though. That's in Jaws. All right. Yeah, no, that's... Yeah, I, I agree. I don't always know what the point of that shot is. I, mean, like, I, I feel like you can say there's a point to it. That's the point. It's, it's meant to create literally vertigo. Yeah, yeah. It's meant to unsettle the audience. Why is it happening here? What, what, is, what is the point of making us feel uneasy? I, I mean, I guess that's it. Because, yeah, than- we just discussed that. It's all because their meeting is uneasy. No, I, yeah. I know why. I just I don't know that it fits. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know that I like the choice. Okay, it's because you right. can do it doesn't mean you necessarily should. And in this, like it, almost like in the shot in the, a couple of minutes ago, where the, where the where the crane goes way up. Like if I was like that, that feels like a different movie that we we haven't seen that. And this feels like a thing. Like when you stick that in, it's really noticeable. So all of a sudden, you're aware of the camera. All right, or I am. Maybe most people aren't. I don't know. That's right, Marty. I'm calling you out. I just don't think it's a bad thing in the scenario that you're laying out, Josh. I think that, you know, being aware of the shot and the camera is fine. I mean, like, because it, it's, it's creating that sense of not distress, but un- uneasiness. Well, there's also been a lot more visual trickery in the last bit of this movie than there is in the beginning. Well, it's like us with our notes. We have less notes for these minutes because he had less script, so he's basically talking about stuff that doesn't matter. De- yeah, definitely the like freneticism of the cinematography falls apart as their lives do, and yeah, because that the whole helicopter thing has already happened, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's where shit, the editing gets crazy, and then maybe since this is the last moment of where he's either in or he's out, right. and it kind of takes you in and then takes you out through that dolly zoom. I don't know. I don't know. I don't love it. Wow, they're, they're, I, they're I love right. it. Well, I, let's I, vote I, with a hashtag Dolly Zoom dies or Dolly Zoom lives. <laughs> it all comes down to a hashtag. There it is. It's like the most awkward this show has ever gotten. I'll <laughs> emails from Ron's dad. <laughs> Speaking of awkward, what do you think it's like between takes in this shot? Because they kind of probably just stay in their booth talking to each other. And I imagine, even though Ray Liotta is probably a pretty outgoing guy, I would feel so weird sitting there having to make small talk with De Niro between takes. Because is he still in character or... With his 2X magnified eyes as well. (laughs) No, that makes it worse. Sitting there looking through two fish bowls. (laughs) I don't feel like he's a small talk guy. No. And if he is, he's in character. And then, oh, God. And also, (laughs) if, if he is at typical De Niro method style, this point of Jimmy's character is harrowing. And so if Ray Liotta breaks character between he just stabs him with a fork. De Niro st- <laughs> he's just sitting there looking at him acting real nice but there's this undercurrent of real physical threat. <laughs> That's why Liotta looks so haggard. Yeah. Something else I'm noticing is I paused here is that Liotta's hair is getting real big. Yep. 
It's getting poofy. As we get into the 80s, it gets poofier. It gets poofier and poofier. I have to give it up to Leota, though, because during the shot that Josh hates because he's a, a Philistine, you know, it's still in the movie. We still have Henry's voiceover talking about, you know, Jimmy or whatever. But they're having their conversation. And Henry does some sort of he's talking about how he feels. And it's this hand gesture, the, the shaking of his hand against his the, chest. The Taylor Swift gesture. I don't know that that is. He's shaking it off. I barely know how to keep up with it, so I can't explain it to you. <laughs> don't try to out I don't know pop things me, because I also don't know anything. What is Jimmy eating? He's eating breakfast. He's got some oh. sausage. He's got some hash browns. He's got some orange juice and a very weird glass. I really like that for not the first, probably, or even the second time in this movie, we're asking, what is Jimmy eating? <laughs> it's at least the That's third a time. off podcast. Yeah. At least he didn't put ketchup on this dish. We could have. If it's eggs. I know, yeah, but he, he didn't do his weird ketchup spinning thing. <laughs> I could one hundred percent him watch him do that again. I don't yeah. I think I think only showing that once in this movie is a waste. Is that yeah. orange juice or grapefruit juice? I think it's orange juice. Oh, it's orange juice. It's just in that little... glass, the brownish eighties yeah. brownish glass. Oh god, the eight the nineteen eighties restaurant brown glasses. Oh uh, does anybody want to buy a sandwich from that that place across the street? It looks like it's sandwiches and mufflers. I'm watching it right now. Hero sandwich. Here's why they have that shot. Hero sandwiches is coming closer to us the whole time, and also they're framing it in such a way that they never block the sign. Right. They move it up and behind De Niro's head, and it is perfectly framed the the whole time. It is not cut off. Is that, that the shot only is ever sandwiches. product placement that's been in a dolly zoom? <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> it's really well done. Listen, they're really good heroes. Really good chicken parm over there. <laughs> I think what's slightly unsettling about De Niro in this scene is that he's playing older, but he still has the fairly smooth-skinned young face. Yeah. So it doesn't look right. Well, we also know what actual old De Niro looks like, as we've discussed. Right, but it, they didn't try to make him a, you know put makeup on his face to make him look older. Yeah. He just put the gray wig on. They just gave him comical glasses. <laughs> it just, it, <laughs> but even before the glasses were put on, he just doesn't look right. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Plus that guy behind him staring off into space. <laughs> he looks like the guy, is it from Trailer Park Boys? I've never even seen that show, but the guy on the cover of whatever it is has glasses and eyes like that. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? You, you, I, I've flicked past it in the Netflix app, but that's yeah. as much yeah. as I know. Yep. This might I be worse than might... the Taylor Swift moment from a minute ago. <laughs> it may be worth Googling, though. If you just Yes, I'm not wrong. I just Googled it. Just take a second. <laughs> Yeah, there he is. That person has glasses also. <laughs> My only note is that there's a, the fuck count is now one. Oh, one, one fuck. Yep. Uh, f- felt good. Yeah. What's our... <laughs> oh, I guess we'll do we'll that tomorrow. tomorrow. Don't jump. You keep jumping the gun this week. Yeah. I really want to know more about fucks. Josh wants to get this show over with. <laughs> <laughs> so, so before we wrap up, let's get to know Matt a little. All right. Why not? Uh, hey, Matt, do you remember the first time you saw Goodfellas? I do. I saw it on VHS right when it came out on video, and I was so blown away by it that I had already had plans to go to Newport Beach to see my two best buddies, and they were like staying at someone else's house, and we were going to go to the beach that night or something, and I made them stay in. I brought the rented VHS copy with me, and I made them watch it. Nice. How old are you? Risky. I would have been... What year did it come out? 90. 90. Uh, so I was 18, I think, when 17 or 18. 
Okay, so not so much a risk of the parents getting upset. You're showing them this, this film. No, and yeah, there was no parents there. I think that was the and thing. And also, you were old enough to rent the film under your own name and not their name. Because right. that was a concern at one point. That's right, yeah. But my mom had rented it. I think I just watched it after they oh. had watched it or something. Oh, and you took it, thereby yeah. assessing them with possible late fees. Yeah, I mean, there was a huge, huge risk of I'd, $100, you know. I just had a huge like moment where I was like, I remembered being able to have my own video store account. Yeah, that was and a that big was a day. Big, it was a big deal. Yeah. Because yep. yeah. I could rent that prison-themed movie with the women on the cover that I've been looking at. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was a sequel. <laughs> now I don't even know where to go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's what I can tell you. It wasn't a very good movie. What? So that's anyway. So that's a nice memory, Matt. So you you have met someone who was in the movie, right? Yes, that's right. I do this podcast called "I Was There Too," where I talk to people who play smaller parts in either you know big scenes or good films and history, and they can kind of tell their perspective. They're not beholden to like being a big star and have to be PC about things. So I had Johnny Roast Beef on this show, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> That was a real experience because I think he came in very skeptical. Oh, so this podcast is recorded at the Earwolf Studios, which is primarily a comedy podcast network. And there's these big, just like unfinished wood tables where every comic signs their name if they're on a podcast. And just so happens that the chair that he was recording in right on the table there, someone had just drawn a huge dick dripping blood. <laughs> and so his first impression when he sits down is he sees this thing and he's kind of you know because he's like a lot of those actors he was kind of one foot in that world and he used to have a regular table at rayo's in harlem and he just kind of had this look on his face like what am i getting into here what is this bullshit you know and (laughs) after enough conversation he really got into it and just like wouldn't stop talking and he was wonderful and then it felt like we were fast friends by the time it was over but i was nervous i was i knew he was kind of that type of guy and i didn't know when what I, to expect when i was listening to it i definitely had the thought of that initial part i would have would have terrified me yeah i was i don't know how to talk to somebody on that level where you can't use irony to the because it's not going to go Right, exactly. You, you have to talk to him straight up, and then so you've got to find common ground, of which I'd imagine, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to categorize you. Very little common <laughs> ground. No, I think that's Johnny fair. Roast Beef. He did tell me that anytime I want to go to Rayo's here in L.A., he can set me up with a table. I haven't taken him up on it yet. But does he you live? Totally, in LA you should, now? He does should, live in L.A. Yeah. You should just call him up and be like, "Hey, can you get me that table?" Who's this? Uh, <laughs> so how did you land it i mean like how did you get him on the show yeah did you it's set always... out for johnny roast beef or no was, or was... i wanted somebody from goodfellas definitely in fact who's the the person i wanted originally uh it has to be carbone i know I, god i would love to have carbone he would have been perfect but um it just so happened that a old friend lives in his apartment building and sees him when he walks his dog and she just like she's a real go-getter and she kind of hustled and got him i wasn't even trying for him and she just kind of made it happen she was, almost did the same thing with dabney coleman which i was like well that he's too big for me to have on my show he doesn't play any small parts <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah yeah <laughs> i know exactly what that means i got i understand that completely no you're actually famous that's not gonna work yeah it can't <laughs> that that blows the whole concept but I was I was nervous. I've been nervous a couple times. Like I had Vasquez from Aliens on, and I was such a fan of her in that movie that 
she was the one I was the most nervous for just because I just loved her and she couldn't have been a more wonderful person. Oh, that's, that's rad. That's good. Yeah. I would be sad if she was awful to you. I know I would too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> have you ever had any run-ins with anybody else related to Goodfellas or is it just stop at Johnny roast beef? And does Johnny roast beef go by Johnny roast beef or does he get annoyed if you call he him? He does. That? No, no, he didn't have any problem with that. And it was, yeah, <laughs> I feel like he's the guy who's going to own that. Oh yeah. He, let me tell you this. He wears his time on Goodfellas, not even on his sleep. Like it's a b- big onesie. <laughs> <laughs> He has no problem talking about it and being identified with that lifestyle. Like you might expect that to him is, yeah, I'm legit, you know, that kind of thing. Well, so many of those guys, you know, like they made, they appeared in this one movie and they made a whole career out of it. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. I don't think, I don't think so. Well, his website's JohnnyRoastBeef.com, so... There you so go. He's, just, he's owning it. He's owning it. There you go. Well, they took his name, so he's just he's just taking it back. <laughs> yeah. Taking them all to back. To hear him tell it, Scorsese just discovered him at Rayo's one night. Right. Yeah. That's his casting office. Right. Did you feel... I'm, I'm surprised he found Johnny Roast Beef over Bo Deedle's <laughs> loud, annoying voice at Rayo's every night. So. <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> Did you feel he was being... Uh, he was truthful, or was he an embellished storyteller? I... Felt he was embellished, but that he believed it. Okay, yeah. Does that make sense? Well, it's the old Costanza. Yeah, it's not a lie. Yes. You believe it, yeah. yeah. But also, I guess I should paint the visual picture, too. Like, you know what he looks like, but he was wearing, I want to say he was just wearing sweat shorts and a t-shirt, too. So it it took a little sting out of the old (laughs) connected crew thing. What kind of short length are we talking about here? Pretty long. Okay, good. That's Yeah, I I want to say... Probably just below the knee. Oh, okay. Did he arrive in a in a pink Cadillac? I wish. I don't know. I saw him up in the studio. Yeah, (laughs) he loves that car. (laughs) But there was there's two studios, and I was in the back one, and you have to go through this kind of I don't know unfinished hallway, just like drywall and stuff like that. And I could just hear his voice kind of echoing, and I heard him getting closer, and I did have this fear of like, oh, I'm going to be killed or the dread or. Did you tell him well, like uh, halfway through the show to tell you not to get so excited? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to do this interview and it's pretty straight up. Around half an hour in, just tell me not to get so excited. And then just go with me. Then I'm going to repeat a bunch of the same things over and over. <laughs> so how did you get the roll? How did you get the roll? <laughs> I just get the roll. What does roast beef mean? What does roast beef mean? <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, I'm jealous. I would like to meet him one day. I think you probably could. Just <laughs> send him an email. <laughs> <laughs> He's just hanging out in shorts waiting for it. <laughs> Basically. Go to Rayo's in L.A. It's probably there, Ron. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, anything else for Matt? I don't think so. No Scorsese encounters? Nothing? Uh, no, I wish. I don't think I've had any contact with anybody else in that film. That I'm probably going to think of someone... After, but I doubt it. I don't even know. Nothing comes to mind. I met Mickey Conway. Damn it, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, never even been in the same room with anyone I can think of in that. You mentioned the unfinished wooden table and the unfinished walls. Is the studio, in fact, real? (laughs) (laughs) It is, I swear. Okay. All right, well, that's it for Minute 134. Tune in tomorrow for Minute 135. And check us out on Twitter at GoodfellasMin and on Instagram and Facebook at GoodfellasMinute. And don't forget to vote. What was today's hashtag? 
Oh, Dolly Zoom lives, Dolly Zoom dies. Don't forget to <laughs> or find don't. all of our episodes at goodfellasminute.com. Matt, where can people find you? You can find me at uh, Matt Gorley on Instagram, Twitter, or gosupergo.com or on the Earwolf Network with I Was There Too. And you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash gfm. That's where if you give it a certain level, get your very own mafia nickname. And two people tomorrow will be getting their mob nicknames. So check that out on tomorrow's show. And you can support the show also by going to goodfellasminute.com slash support where you can shop via Amazon. Any questions or anything of note, if you are Johnny Roast Beef and you want to hang out with Ron... Email us at contact at goodfellasman.com. Okay. <laughs> Just, you know. Ron, you can't get something unless you ask for it. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Until tomorrow, Ron's going to be waiting for that email. Goodbye. Or will I go from a rags to return? My fate is up.